What's up, Impactor? I am your host, Dominique Basiglio. Welcome to The Impact, where the best project you will ever work on is yourself. I will be giving you the tools and the motivation to flip the switch on your mindset because here we are all about turning our daydreams into reality. And the first step begins with you. Are you ready? It's going to be a big day for me um, on this episode, actually. I was already going to plan on talking about healing today. That was something that I really wanted to chat about. It's been a big topic, I feel like, with a lot of ladies that I'm surrounded with right now. And we're all in our (laughs) early 30s. We're tired of carrying the baggage of 15 plus years on our shoulders. We are just like, I've had enough. I'm ready to live my life and they say that your 30s are your primes because you know you just kind of come alive all of a sudden and I think this is exactly why this is the the big H that nobody talks about that unless you're like in the mindset industry right and you're in in it to that personal development that's the only time that you would actually dive deep into this to actually heal and live a life that's fulfilled um a lot lately that's been going on you know we talked about manifesting in the last episode too. And this really goes into play with that. There was a lot of things that Billy had said um, that really hit home for me, you know, have fun. Are we having fun in our lives? You know, is it, you don't have to take all of the big hits at one time in order for you to heal. And I did that for myself because I had already been carrying those stories around for so freaking long that I just, I literally wanted to knock that wall down so bad that I needed to go ahead and just deal with what I had built up inside of me. And so that's why when I started my healing journey, I literally just went like balls to the wall and I hit the hardest pain points first. And then I was able to slowly see the light. And that's the little story that I told in that last episode about, you know, I felt like I shed new skin and like I was seeing the world for the first time. And although that is true, I still have a a story that I still need to tell and I know that there's a lot when it comes to me sharing, you know, the things that I've been through, who am I, have I gotten here, I beat around the bush a lot Um, and one of my friends who is a listener here, she um, reached out to me yesterday and listening to episode two about scarcity in society, it gave her the trust, it gave her the, oh my gosh, I'm not alone kind of you know, aha moment for her. And she reached out to me and sent me, you know, her story. And I didn't know whether to cry or be so happy for her or do both. And I, I did both. I, you know, I sent her voice note back saying, I'm so freaking proud of her for being that vulnerable to tell me. And, you know, it actually inspired me to be sitting here right now and about to share some deep things with you that I have gone through because of what she had said. And that, it builds it builds a trust within myself right because in order to heal you know your story is one of it's one of the hardest things that you have to say it's one of the hardest things that you have to speak about you only trust a certain amount of people like what one or two people that you might be able to tell this story to but the thing about telling your story that's so hard is when it comes to trauma you block out a lot of your own story. So it's hard to tell your story when you only remember bits and pieces of it. So 
my rule, number one rule for healing, I don't care when, when you start, whether it be beginning of the year, end of the year, no matter what, do not expect that within two days of you maybe boohooing and, oh my gosh, I feel drained, that you're going to feel 1,000% healed the next day, okay? I don't believe that we are ever fully healed, um, but I think we can be fully liberated and we can remember what happened, yes, but have a different outlook on it. Um, I guess you can say that is 100% healed then. I just have in my own aha moment because in a way, you're not crying about it anymore. You're not sad about it anymore. You can tell your story from start to finish and and you're free. And I think that's a num- that's the number one thing that we all look forward to when it comes to healing and a process that takes, you know, 12 months. I I did give myself 12 months and I believe that over the last 12 months, although they were ugly, they weren't always the most prettiest. I felt, you know, really drained. I felt really sad. Um, at the end of it, the light has shown and now I feel like I am, I'm brave enough to dive into that, um, a little bit more. And I say, um, a lot because I'm, I'm nervous. This is a really big episode for me. I'm nervous. Uh, I have, I carried a lot of shame. Um, I don't think guilt really, but shame as to, I don't want people to look at me differently not even like the pity, like, you know, don't pity me, obviously, but that's not, that wasn't the reason why I held back for so long. It definitely wasn't, oh, I don't want people to pity me. It was more so I don't want people to look down on me. I don't want people to go, oh my God, like, wow, you know, but that in character, that's how I was looking at myself, right? I was holding myself to that standard and that like, oh my gosh, you went through that. So now it's, I think this is really going to be a, a freeing moment for me and a healing one for you um, because I definitely wouldn't do something that's only going to benefit me because that's not what we're here to do. We're here to have an impact. We are our own projects and I think that's a beautiful thing. So I'm going to take a breath. <laughs> before doing this because you know this is the first time ever I've always tried to do this on Instagram and I think just having a camera on me as I'm talking about it especially like for the first time like I said I've always beat around the bush when it comes to stories about me like you know the last few episodes I have said you know my alcoholism or sexually abused or like you know things like that but never went in detail you know how did I even become an alcoholic (laughs) or why or you know anything of that nature and I wasn't planning to even record this but I feel like it needs to be said because I can't preach about healing if I can't even tell my own version of my story this is hard this is really hard um I've like paused this and deleted and all the things so many times because I just don't, I don't know how to tell, I know how to tell a story. I just don't want people to know the story. (laughs) Not even know because I don't care about other people knowing. It's just people that are like in the story or close to me. Those are the people that I don't want 
them to really know to hear because I do carry a lot of shame with me and I just I don't want to be looked down on so this is hard this is really hard um and I feel like a like a tightness in my chest but what, what even inspired this was uh, my friend's story and just a little bit that I had said had inspired her enough to even tell me her story and the fact that I had only given just like a sliver of the surface of what happened to me back in that episode, um, she made me feel like, you know, just like I made her feel she wasn't alone. Like, oh my gosh, I, you know, I've never met somebody that had such a similar story to me. And a lot, you know, growing up and even in my 20s, I always just felt like nobody would understand. Nobody's going to understand this story. It, it's just going to make me look like I'm crying about it or boohooing or complaining or whatever be the case, right? I'm just a girl who's crying about it, just like whatever, being a girl, right? And there was a lot of times even growing up where I thought that maybe I had made it up in my head, right? There's no, there's no possible way that that could have happened to me or anybody. So maybe I just made it up. Right, maybe this is a sob story that I tell myself to get me through to hold on to darkness or anger or something. And when you when you go through a journey and you start peeling back layers and realizing things, you start you you kind of take the fault off of yourself and you have to realize that wow, yes, the it really did happen to you. Um, this isn't a story that you made up in your head. This is a real event that happened to you. And you have to get mad and then get okay. And I know that sounds weird. Like, how can somebody be okay with what happened to them? And that's because you have to forgive yourself. Because a part of you, whatever story you have, a part of you holds on to that because it's like, how could you have put yourself in that position? How could you have, you know, scooped so low to where you stuck around for that long or you put up with that for that long? But you have to forgive yourself. And that's something that Billy said in our last episode. And that really hit home for me was because she picked up on that. I kept saying I've wasted a lot of life. I wasted a lot of time. And you, she said, you have to look at yourself your past self with compassion because she she did the hard work and that hit home for me because I have not looked at my past self with compassion whatsoever I looked at her I looked at her with sadness and and sorrow um so you know I, uh, (laughs) I had an alcoholic parent growing up Although he is, he's sober now, he's, he's thriving, he's doing amazing, but I did. Um, and when my parents split and, you know, my mom had started an, a new, she started her healing process and she started a fresh new life and was, you know, thriving. I obviously didn't want to see the thrive. I just was like, no, I'm, this is my dad. He's in pain. We got to help him. We got to figure it out. So I stepped into a role that I shouldn't had to have stepped into. Um, so I feel personally like I had to grow up really, really, really fast. At the time, it was just me and my little sister. 
Um, my brother was old enough. He, you know, was with my mom 24-7. He was old enough to make his own decisions. He, you know, he was on his own time. He was a teenager <laughs> and thriving. You know how us teens have been where we're like, deuces, I don't care what's happening at home. I'm going to go live my life. So at the time, it was just me and my sister. Um, and, you know, it, it, it's weird for me to tell the story now that I'm like healed and I can realize the pain that he was going through and why he decided to drink as much as he did. Because when I went through my alcoholic phase, my alcoholism, I, I felt the pain, right? And I felt what it was like to be numb and why we drink and, and all the things, which I'll, I will get into that. But so I had to grow up really, really fast. And I carried a lot of baggage that I did not need to carry. Um, but I felt like it was my job to carry. It was my job to care for him because if I wasn't going to do it, who the hell was? So going through that, but I wouldn't say I had like a bad childhood, right? I knew I was loved. I was taken care of. I was clean. I was fed. I had hot showers. I had a roof over my head. I had all the toys I can imagine. I had, you know, I had the things. So I won't say I had a bad childhood. There's just a, you know, that, that one thing. So I don't, I think that's like a, I have a pivotal moment in my childhood that I'm like, I think that was like the starting point of like, cause when you, when you go through a healing process, okay. When you first start, you think about the things that have happened like in the past year to five years, right? You're like, Oh my God, so-and-so this and this, that, that, blah, 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 blah. But as you, as you heal from that and you're like, girl, that's silly. Why am I even still thinking about that? Now you have to dive deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. And what you'll realize is as you start peeling back those onion layers, there is one pivotal, just one. It could be little, it could be massive, whatever be the case, but there's only one memory that you have that is what your brain considers, what you've labeled as, is so dark that that's where you have to get to is that memory, right? And I got to that when I was at going through my journey. I did hit that memory. And I don't anything before that, I don't remember um cuz they were all good times. I I was like, you know, I remember getting a karaoke machine and I remember us praying with the water hose in the backyard and I remember, you know, things like that. So but there's just one memory that I have that it really took a to- it took a pivotal moment in my life and that was right when my parents had officially split um so from there until probably like my teenage years it was just me trying to figure it out take care of him take care of myself take care of my little sister while we were at his house but like just random random things but nothing stressful um but then just like anybody else when you hit teenage years things start changing right you go through different hormones you start thinking you're in love you start going through all this stuff so when um 14 came i found the person that i thought was going to save me right save me from the trauma that i had already faced um and like i said i was someone with daddy issues i can be real with that and say that i had daddy issues um growing up so i found somebody who claimed he claimed he loved me right and at 14 15 we all know that's a bunch of malarkey and that's not real 
<laughs> but at the time we freaking fall for it and we fall so hard for no reason um but someone who started out being so nice he he was so nice he we had a lot of mutual friends we didn't go to the same school so i guess that made it cool but um it was only fun for so long and he was only nice for so long um and you know i don't even i don't know who he is now as a human that's not for me to even care about because that's just that I'm on my own path whatever he's doing that's great but who he was at the time that I knew him that's all I know and um you know at 15 at 15 there was a time in in our relationship if I guess you can call it that um where things start taking a turn you know he's his yelling, he started yelling, he started getting really possessive, um, and I ended up getting pregnant, um, 15 years old, and my dad, once my, once my parents had found out, my mom just knew, like, right off the bat, um, she said that she, they would remember when I would come home after seeing him, and I would go straight to the shower, and I would just wash it off, like, just just I needed to shower and get it off and at the time I didn't I didn't realize that I just I I at the time when you're getting into that you you block out a lot of stuff um until somebody tells you but I still don't remember that like I still don't remember rushing home to shower but now I understand why I did um so I ended up getting pregnant my dad picked me up put a blindfold on me and took me to the clinic um and ended up, you know, getting it, getting it aborted because I obviously I was too young. There was no way in hell I could take care of a baby. Um, I was not mentally, physically prepared for a child, which now I know because Xander's a handful. <laughs> um, but I was not prepared at 15 to do such a thing. Um, and so that getting that done, that procedure done and leaving, not only did it have a lot of trauma on me and my body, but it really sparked a bad, bad, bad thing in my relationship at the time. He, um, you know, he's, he did start hitting me. He, um, had my car keyed. I remember a girl and me, we had the same like black Toyota Celica and she texted me in the middle of class one day and she was like, Hey, there's a rumor spreading around that one of our cars got keyed. Have you seen your car? And I was like, no, why would I? (laughs) No, I have not. Um, so when I got out of class that day, my entire car was keyed. My hood was all messed up and I don't have like a firm confession that that was it, but you know, come on. (laughs) And so he had people at school watching me. If I said something or if I walked with somebody, um, to like a different class, he knew about it. Um, and my house got egged. It was just like a whole, whole thing. So when you're in a situation like that, and I don't care what age you are, this, it does happen. You, you keep going back to the abuser. You just, you keep going back because you're, you're freaking frightened. You're scared. You're tight. You just want the, the drama to stop. So you go back and it's always good in the beginning and they always love you so much and hug you extra tight and it'll never happen again. I'm so, so sorry. Um, And you're just like, I just want it to stop. Just make it stop. 
So six months later, um, I was hanging out at his house and I, I don't know where his parents were at the time, but, um, you know, it was where I was pinned down and, um, he had said, I, I dare you, or I dare your parents to do this again. And, you know, I, it was a, no, please stop. This isn't, I don't want to do this again. I don't want to go through that again. Um, get off me. All the, you know, all the things that you say when you don't want it. Um, and then, you know, I got pregnant again and I had to get another abortion. Um, Um, and the whole school ended up knowing about it. So I didn't even have a fighting chance to even build myself in high school. <laughs> um, I ended up passing high school barely. Um, I did leave that relationship, however. Um, I don't know how I did. I think because I left school for a little bit. Wow, this is hard. So, yes, I did. I moved, I moved on now that I've calmed down. <laughs> I did move on from that. Um, and I got new friends and finished high school by the skin of my teeth. It, high school was not fun for me. <laughs> I was the loner pretty much after that. Um, and I had one true friend junior or sophomore and junior year. Um, and me and her were close to the hip all the time. And then we drifted in senior year, but that's because by senior year I was barely even going. Um, I did some college. Um, I didn't really start drinking my alcoholism didn't really start until my early 20s I wouldn't even say 21 I'd say like maybe 22 23 ish um and it was just the crowd that I had been with the relationship that I was in at that time we partied all the freaking time if there was a party we were there we would hold house parties like I feel like I was drunk probably like four or five days out of the week and severely recovering for three. <laughs> um, and that was guaranteed on Mondays and probably like Tuesday and Wednesday. And then it would be back again. So that's when actually I learned how to even drink. Because um, I would go, like even when we went, I went to the bar, I would order like... Um, those snooty faluti drinks or, you know, drink Smirnoff ice kind of things, you know? <laughs> um, but I, he had taught me how to, how to really drink. Um, and that's when I learned how it made me feel. I didn't have to carry all that baggage with me. I didn't have to remember anything. I could dance. I was light. I didn't care what I said or how I said it. And puking all the time just it wasn't as painful as what I had already went through by the time I was 22, 23. So that was my 
waking call um, of, or my starting point really into alcoholism and not facing the truth of, you know, now I was creating my own drinking habits, although I was brought up with it and I saw what it did to my family and I saw what it did to him and I saw what it did to me and my sister. I, I did it anyways, because I was, it's selfish. When you become an alcoholic, you're, you're so selfish and so vain to do something like that because you're just, you're just thinking about yourself in that moment. You don't, or you're not thinking at all. Honestly, you're not thinking at all. You just give me the alcohol. I don't care what it does to me, how it affects me. I just, I don't want to feel this anymore. And I think the same goes for, you know, someone who's an addict with, with drugs. I think that's, you know, the same thing. You just don't, that's the whole point of becoming an addict is something traumatic that's happened to you. Um, and you feel like life is always happening to you instead of for you. And you are currently wired to, to think that way. They're so, your wires are so freaking jumbled. You don't even know what's real or, and what's not. You just know one way. So going through the alcoholism that I was going through, I was, I was, I don't even know how, I, how I've, how I'm alive right now. I really don't, um, you know, I would drink and drive. I would get so hammered one time. My friends were driving me back to the apartment. Um, and I was so drunk. I think it was one of my birthdays. Um, and she's on, they're on the interstate, her and her boyfriend are driving. And I literally throw the car door open and puke out the car as they're speeding down the, the freaking interstate. And she's holding on to me by my freaking thong. Like, these are just so many moments where I should have just been like, stop. Because it wasn't drinking for fun, you know, like like how quote-unquote normal people drink. It wasn't just a one-night crazy freaking sesh and then you wake up the next morning and you're like, I'm never drinking again. And you get your McDonald's and, and you calm down for the week and you, you had your great life. That was it. That was your crazy story, right? We all have crazy stories to tell. But my crazy night turned into two crazy nights, three, four, five and then the party stopped. I stopped going to parties and I, I learned how to drink at home and be by myself. And I think that was way, that, I mean, all of it's destructive no matter what. But I think when you start drinking alone and excessively alone, that's when your drinking stops become a party and it starts becoming dark. Um, and, you know, it started out with a couple beers and then a whole six pack and then I'm smashing cans and then I move into wine and I think that was my my one of my like oh my gosh this is getting excessive you know I was drinking like two or three bottles a night it wasn't like a week it was a night and I would just get lit every single night and um it got to the point where I was broke and I was freaking hungry and but I was choosing alcohol because it was easier, right, than to than to make myself a meal or go to the store and cook for myself. That was spoiling myself. There's no way I was going to do anything like that, so I would drink. And um, I, I finally stopped drinking when I got pregnant. You know, David had entered my life, I, I would say, like, right in the beginning stages. And I don't know how that man loves me. I really don't. And why he stuck around with me for eight years. But he has. I'm going to start crying again. Um, and I'm thankful for him every single day. Because he has seen me 
at my ugliest and he's seen me at my prettiest and he's been there for me um but finding out I was pregnant is gonna is gonna be a day that I will never ever forget Xander really he really saved my life um it was Halloween (laughs) and we obviously didn't want to go out we stayed in um and we got our favorite drinks and um Mine was shock top and I had popped open a fresh shock top and I was drinking it and we were watching a movie and my whole body like went into hives (laughs) and he like looked over and he was like, what's wrong? And I was like, I don't flipping know what's wrong. This is so weird. So I had stopped. I didn't want to drink anymore. Um, I threw the rest of it out. And after then, I was just like, man, I really don't feel good. I do not feel good. I just, I was throwing up. I couldn't eat and all the things. So I was like, I don't know. I'm going to take a test. And I took a test and there was Xander. There was Xander. And I told myself that I, I was done. I was not going to, I was not going to do that to him as what I had went through growing up. There was no way that I could cause pain like that to my baby. So I had stopped. And I can happily say that I am seven years freaking sober. And do I miss it sometimes? Yeah. <laughs> Every now and then I can I can taste a fresh cold Bud Light. Yes, I am a now. Well, not now, but towards the end I was a cheap freaking drinker, man. An ice cold Bud Light, that was my, that was my. As simple as it is, that was my go-to drink. Um, but it's not its not worth it. My health actually now, I can't even do it. Um, I Because of all that drinking that I had did, now I have pancreatitis. So I can't even like drink even if I wanted to. So um, the reason why I had to go this deep and tell you all of this and shed some tears with you today is because healing is it's it's not pretty it's really it's really really ugly and it's it can feel really really heavy and it can feel disgusting right but there is beauty in it and you and now I look back on it and you know, like I said, I don't carry that weight with me every single day. Now when I think about it, I'm like, damn, whew, thank God. <laughs> that There could have been so many different ways that my life could have gone if I wouldn't have woke up even a little bit within those time periods. You know, I could be dead. I could be locked up. I could be homeless living on the side of the road hungry there's so many different options that my life my life could have taken um but because I made it out and that you know that's why you know what Billy said I'm gonna repeat it again what Billy said is very impactful because you do need to look at your past self with some compassion because girl (laughs) my past self she is she's strong she is so, so, so strong. And that's something that you have to remember because 
If you can make it through that and you are breathing right now, you're listening to this, you freaking made it. You made it out. So why still carry that with you? Why torture yourself and think, oh, well, back then this is what happened. Yeah, it damn sure did. And it hurt like hell. But look at where you are now. Look at, go outside. Remember that part in the last episode I said the grass look, the grass is green. Oh my God, the sun is shining. Let yourself see the world for the first freaking time. As what you want to see it as. Not as what you think you need to see it as. Or what you have labeled it as so far. Like, open your eyes. It is beautiful out there. Yes, the world's freaking crazy. We know that. There's a lot of bad things happening right now in the world and we all have our own different opinions of it, but the world itself as what it is without the people and things, I mean, even some, we have amazing people in our lives, don't discount, discount that, but I mean, as mother nature, as it is the world, the earth, it's beautiful. And that is part of the universe and a part of manifesting that you really have to embody and be in and and live in it. When it's windy outside, feel the wind. I know it sounds so freaking crazy, but it's a, it's the allowance that you're giving yourself. It's the trust that you have within yourself to go, oh my God, this wind feels so freaking good. The sun feels so amazing. Have you been ever so sad that you're cooped up in bed, you're watching trash TV, you're eating a bunch of junk, and for some reason you have to go outside for once, and you're like, ah, blinded by the light. But the sun feels so good. (laughs) That is something that I thrive in. Like you just want to cuddle with the sun because it's so freaking warm and cozy. That's how you know you're on the brink of healing. You are, you're seeing light in a different way. You're, you're seeing people in a different way, but you don't always think that you don't have that lingo of, oh, people can never change or, oh, that's great for them. But what about me? Or, oh, you know, there is none of that. You don't, you, you accept people for who they are as they are and what they've done because it doesn't affect you anymore. That's great. That's you. But this is me. This is who I am. And no energy can intersect that. No energy can take that away from me because this is me. And that's what I want for you. No matter what your story is, maybe your story has nothing to do with what I've been through. I I hope it has not. Um, I hope that you have lived an amazing life and a trauma that has happened. It's something that you are going to allow yourself to move from. Um, but if it is as deep as mine, if not maybe deeper than mine, um, I want you to know that you, you are worthy of an amazing life. You are capable of an amazing life. And what happened to you has made you who you are now. And it, It might not be beautiful right this second, but it will be as long as you allow yourself for it to be. You have to want it. And that was one thing that um, I had to learn because you have to actually want it. And I had found such a security blanket within all that crap, within all that stuff that I was like, no, I, I I know what's in here. I'm protect, I'm protected, which is toxic as hell. That is toxic. <laughs> um, but once I had stepped out of that tent, out of that bubble, I, I can realize that that was tough. That was ugly. But 
I have the choice to live a different life now. And that's another thing that Billy had said is you, you get the choice, you know, that you don't have to, that was hard, but you don't have to do it like that again. You know, I'm more aware now of people. I'm more secure in who I am. I am, you know, all the things of positivity and strength. So, um, this was hard. (laughs) This was very hard, as you can tell. Um, Probably be one of the hardest things that I've had to do thus far. Um, I don't know if telling that story will ever be comfortable. And I can't say that I won't ever tell it again because one day I hope that I'm like on stage telling people it again um, and that it gets easier. But the first time sharing it, I know is always hard because I you will get worried about what people are going to say or, or, you know, they look down on you. But that's that's a reflection of them and not a reflection of you. Okay. Your story is your story. You went through that shit and it, you went through it, but you made it out and now you can tell it. So heal, realize that your past is your past for a reason, but that doesn't define who you are. And your story is strong. And if you have yet to even tell yourself your own story, you need to, you need to tell it to yourself. And peel back those onions and and dive in because it's beautiful out here. It is. It really is. It truly, truly is. So go listen to go listen to some hype music because this was pretty <laughs> pretty intense. Go listen to some hype music, dance around, shake it off, and um let's let the real work begin. Love you guys. Thank you for giving me a platform to be vulnerable. Thank you for if you're still listening. Um, And just thank you for being you.